Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond, and I want to thank you for joining me today for another episode. Today, we have a special guest, someone that I was introduced to a few years back. I think I originally listened to him on the Ben Greenfield podcast, and it was interesting because the topic was grounding, and in my experience through, I guess, uh, off and on, endeavors in yoga practice and meditation. I heard the word grounding and always attached like a kind of a spiritual concept to it, like this idea of connecting with the earth and the energy of mother nature really. And it wasn't until I heard that podcast a few years ago that it was like, oh, there's another connection that's more mechanical or electrical that I, I wasn't aware of. And the science is pretty compelling. Um, we're gonna link in the show notes to opportunities to explore the science more closely. Today's talk is with a man by the name of Clint Ober, who has a terrific story about how he kind of accidentally fell into the discovery of this electrical connection that we have with the earth and the importance of it. And since then, he's been involved with over 20 peer-reviewed research studies, and they've been published on really the extensive health benefits of grounding and connecting, physically connecting with our planet. And they've showed impressive improvements in just a long list of ailments, whether it be just general inflammation or sleep or pain or like joint stiffness, um, blood circulation, blood pressure, uh, cortisol, stress levels, mood disorders, whether it be depression or anxiety or general fatigue, um, even things like blood glucose and blood viscosity, which is really interesting. You could actually, there's some visual ways that you could see in the research how you could just see in real time the viscosity of blood change when the body is in contact with the earth. It shows um, you know, de- direct benefits to just immunity, thyroid function, um, metabolism, wound healing, HRV or heart rate variability, 
which is a good measurement to see like kind of how we're responding to stress, uh, vagal tone, um, even things like the electrolyte balances in our, in our body, and then going on to showing studies, uh, showing effectiveness in athletic performance and, and recovery and much more. And in the show notes, there'll be links where if you wanna take a deeper dive into the actual studies, they're very easy to access, very clear, and really interesting. There's some nice visuals that go along with it. Some of the studies were done with uh, like a thermography where you can kind of see with color levels of inflammation in the body kind of before and after, after going through a grounding practice, which is fascinating. And I know myself, I've been drawn to just the idea of being outside barefoot, and I knew there was something to it, but I never really knew the science behind it, and it's really fascinating. And it turns out the earth is one giant antioxidant on some level. And we're gonna get into that a little bit in the discussion. So I, I hope you get something out of it. Clint has a tremendous story, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And I wanna thank you again for tuning in today. Hello, I'm Les Raymond with the Mindful Movement Podcast. Thanks for joining me today for another episode. I'm really grateful for the audience's listening today. We have a special treat for you today. We have a guest coming in from California who arguably has one of the most important discoveries of our time. Uh, his name is Clint Ober. Clint, please say hello to the Mindful Movement audience. Hello, everybody. It's a real privilege to be here with you, Les, and uh, to visit with your following. I understand it's pretty, uh, pretty large and uh, a pretty motivated group of folks. Uh, yeah, we are, we are very thankful that you're joining us. Your discoveries have had a big impact on my own journey. A big part of our channel here is self-healing and really empowering folks to take a, a bigger role in their own sense of well being and really directing their own show and your work really lends to that concept beautifully and you have a beautiful story i've already heard it i'm sure you've said it many times but for our audience that doesn't know about it yet if you can clint just take some time and get us up to speed on kind of how you got here and okay. a little foundation about your little uh, story and then we'll get into maybe the science behind it and how okay. folks can integrate practices to help them uh, in their own lives. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I kind of grew up in Montana area uh, where it's kind of a very rural, you know, I'm 75, I'll be 76 in uh, six weeks, something like that. Anyhow, but uh, so when I talk, I talk a long time back, but I grew up in Montana and uh, in kind of a rural area and spent a lot of time in you know in the pasture chasing cows and uh, and some of my best friends growing up were Native Americans so I had a very earthy environment and uh, I often tell a story about you know I was you know I was told when I was very young I was a cowboy now, not like on TV but you sit on the horse and you watch the cows all you do is ride the pasture and if you see a cow that's got glassy eyes or not acting like the rest of the, the cattle then you take them out of the herd, put them in a pen, then you go out and ride the pasture and make sure the weeds aren't too, there's no, there's no noxious weeds coming up. Grass is not too short. 
the water's okay, not a dead animal upstream, because something in the pasture made that cow sick. <laughs> and the whole concept is if you keep the pasture pristine and clean, then the cows will be healthy, then we can take them to the bank, or we can take them to the market and cash them out and make a living for the winter. <laughs> if not, then you have to throw the keys in the air and give them to the bank banker and the vet and tell them that uh, we're out of here, you own it. <laughs> and, and so I, I always kind of grew up with that prevention model that if, you, if there's something wrong, there's something wrong in the environment. So this is innate in me from, a, from, uh, from the time I could get on a horse, which was very young. And uh, so <clears throat> anyhow, I spent after, I spent a lot of time in that environment, but I, in my early um, work history, I, I discovered the cable television industry. And um, <clears throat> uh, it really appealed to me because where I lived in Billings, Montana, there was two TV stations, a right and a left, and all they did was argue about politics and, uh, you know, all the craziness it was on. But I, I really fell in love with cable because uh, you could see something going on in a distant city. You know, at that time it was only Helena or Casper, Wyoming, but eventually we were, so I was just so intrigued with it. I got, I loved the industry because it, it just opened, it was an eye on the world. You could see that you were part of a bigger world. But anyhow, I, I, uh, I spent 30 years in that industry. Um, it was uh, quite interesting, uh, but I can talk for hours on that, but I won't. Anyhow, the, um, but the main thing in that industry, is you have to ground everything to the earth. Every time you take a wire and take it into the home, you have to ground that wire, the jacket of that wire before it can go into the home in order to prevent fire and to reduce noise and just a safety feature and all of these things. But anyhow, you, <clears throat> so for 30 years in, in building and working on an industry, ground is a very important thing to us. Um, and I, in fact, I even started a company called Telecrafter Corporation that did nothing except nationally. They went from town to town and dozens of towns at a time. And all we did was we'd build the cable systems then we'd put all the drops into the homes, ground everything and make sure everything was perfect, clean, that there was no noise on the cable, um, you know, all of these things. And, and so anyhow, it's, uh, but, but I spent 30 years doing that. And then in the latter part of that, time um, the computers were starting to come along and I started uh, looking at um, the computer and I remember buying every computer that ever came out the first ones you can barely remember the names of some of them but the Commodore 64 on up the apples and so on but anyhow <clears throat> uh, one day I looked at the computer and I said to me I said you know that's a tv set without a signal because everybody plays with it for a while and then it ends up in the closet and to do your checkbook on it, that was kind of a joke back in those days. Um, so, but anyhow, I ended up getting involved in putting together a, um, a nice, uh, uh, you know, international or global um, news base called Express Information Systems. So went all the way around the world, collected all the wire services from everybody, put them in a unified data stream. And by then we had satellites and we could bounce signals off satellites put the signal down the cable system and feed it through a DMOD to the personal computer. And then you could create your own little newspaper. You could put stocks and whatever. And about the same time, the internet was coming along. 
but anyhow, the main thing was when we started doing data on, on the uh, television systems, we had to be even more grounded. Everything had to be tighter, cleaner, and you know, to reduce noise so that you had good signals. So and it wasn't a, a risk issue, like of, it was just for a quality issue, improving the ground. Well, it was, it was both. I mean, you want to prevent lightning or static electricity on those lines to come into the home because they can create a fire. Um, if lightning comes into a home, uh, it can blow up a TV set and start a fire. If static electricity comes, gets on the line with the wind blowing and the lines start vibrating and there's a static charge that builds up, if that's a lot of people don't even understand that. Like, I don't think I understood that too. I was an adult that the extra little hole in the outlet on yes. the, in your house, electrical receptacle had a purpose that was separate. Very big purpose. A very big purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps yeah, the house like, from burning down. Well, and then, and then it's also like um, a refrigerator. I mean, your refrigerator is grounded and, but not the refrigerator, just the chassis, the housing, the metal housing. Gotcha. The reason is because with all that vibration of the motor, if a wire breaks loose or whatever and hits the, you know, touches the chassis, um, it's grounded, it'll blow a fuse or trip a breaker. But if it's not, then you're going to get shocked when you touch the refrigerator. Gotcha. And, and many people may remember in their lifetime walking up to a fridge and feeling a tingle. <laughs> and that's I think most people take it for granted. Like you don't realize when you walk into a building, the electrical stuff behind the scene yeah, that's part of that environment. You know, we yeah, yeah. Ground is very important, and um, <clears throat> so anyhow, um, about when I was about fifty years old, I ended up getting having a kind of an abscess in my liver from a dental infection of all things. Almost took me out, <laughs> but I, after I recovered from that, I went home one day and. Uh, it was quite an event, but um, after I recovered and I, I kind of didn't want to go because I, it was it was a near death experience. I mean, I was I was 50 years old and <clears throat> I kept going to the doc trying because I knew something was wrong and I, they thought I was hepatized and they thought it was something else. I kept doing all these tests and I kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And, I, and so one Sunday afternoon, I went into the uh, emergency room. But eight hours later, they put me in a CAT scan and found out that I had a huge abscess in my liver. And the next morning they come in, I mean, they drained it actually while I was in the CAT scan. And the next morning they come in and said, okay, we have some good news and bad news. The good news was they figured out what it was. <laughs> the bad news was that I was young enough to get a new liver and I was healthy enough, but you just can't get a new liver. You, you, you know, you have to, but I didn't have enough time, they said. Um, they, they didn't know what to, whether they, you know, where I was on any of that. So anyhow, they sent me home and told me to get my house in order, which I did. Oh, man. Nurse would come by daily and I was on all kinds of IVs and everything. And um, a certain young surgeon called from uh, Swedish Medical Center in Denver, I think it was. And um, they said that they wanted to do some experimental surgery. So they went in and uh, I said, like, you know, like I have any option here, you know, let's do whatever. So they went in and cut out, you know, two thirds of my liver. They didn't know if I would survive, but I did. And uh, it was an experimental type surgery at the time. 
and now they know that their liver grows back 100%. It's amazing. There's more intelligence in a liver cell than like all the, all the humans around. Yes. It, it knows. So, so anyhow, after that experience, and, um, you know, it's like a 50-year-old man. And, you know, if you have any guys out there uh, listening, we're all the same. You know, we're, we're playing king of the mountain until about 50. <laughs> and then we hit the wall. And that's when we start to learn about health. <laughs> and we learn about all these other things about life. And uh, the, the life is about something more than just chasing the dollar every day. So, but anyhow, at that time, I kind of uh, went through this um, experience where I, you know, just stopped because I almost died. And I didn't know what would have happened to everything that I had accumulated, all the things I've done, but I, but I knew I wasn't taking any of it with me. <laughs> and I knew what my kids would, they would take this and that, and the rest of it would go to uh, charity or this, or heaven only knows what, but who wants all, who wants all the junk that I accumulated over you know, all those years. It so takes anyhow, up uh, I, space in the mind. Yeah. Unnecessarily. Yeah. So I just went through this feeling that, you know, like I didn't really ever really own this stuff. I you, you really more it owned me. And all I did was accumulate it, buy a house, bigger houses, and put more things in it. And I took care of all these things. My life was about taking care of these things. And, um, and, and then when you die, they go. So I, I just... I just went through this kind of an epiphany thing where I didn't want to own anything. I just wanted to get everything and push it away. I just didn't want to own anything. And I even gave a company away. I did everything. I never went back to work. And um, I took about four years after that. And I just went and drove around the United States, spent a lot of time in RV parks and in a small RV. And I just kind of wanted to, I didn't want to go back to work. I didn't want to make my life about money. I wanted to do something, something more significant than just to make a buck. And, uh, and about four years later, I was down in Key Largo, Florida, and sitting on the bayside looking out at the bay one night. And I just had this urge come over me that, you know, it was kind of like nature. I mean, like the earth was talking to me. This is something I would have picked up when I was a child, uh, Native American, because everything there is connected and, and it's all your spirits. I mean, there's energy, there's knowledge, there's, you know, I don't know how to say it. Uh, <clears throat> but anyhow, so I was just sitting there and I had this urge come over me that I had to go back west. And so I went in the RV that night and I wrote on a piece of paper, become an opposite charge. And I didn't think too much about it. And uh, to me, that would have been you know, go poke people, stir them up, get them excited. And uh, then a few minutes later, I wrote down uh, status quo is the enemy. I had no idea, but I still have that yellow tablet that I wrote that on. And uh, so anyhow, the next morning I went up and you know, packed everything up and I took off and I stopped to see a couple of my kids on the way and ended up back in kind of California and went there for a while, didn't feel comfortable. <clears throat> went um, back to Tucson and looking for a place to land. Then I, I said, well, you know, I'm from Montana. Maybe if I go up to Flagstaff, they got pine trees and snow and it feels more home. Yeah. So I went there. And on the way, I, it was getting late at night and there was a little RV sign. So I went and pulled in and it was in Sedona, Arizona. And I pulled into a, a park next to Oak Creek, a nice little campground. 
I woke up in the morning and I looked around and I said, I'm not leaving here. This is like living in a national park. <laughs> so I spent about two years there. And this is all solo? You're by yourself at this time? I'm sorry? You're by yourself during this? This yes. is solo? Yeah, yes. And uh, <clears throat> why uh, my kids, I would see my kids. I had family and friends all over the place. But, um, yeah, but in the RV, I was traveling by myself. But, you know, while I was there, I started... Um, I just didn't really have any place to go, but I felt comfortable there. So I started uh, meeting some of the locals and I ended up uh, doing, they have a lot of art galleries there and I have a huge art collections. And I started visiting them and they were so poorly lit and there were presentations of the art was so, you know, just you had to wear a baseball cap to see the art. <laughs> But anyhow, I went in and I made befriended a few of those people through the Chamber of Commerce, local Chamber of Commerce. And I ended up for sport uh, because I didn't really have any money. Uh, but I would go in and do specialized lighting for events for, you know, uh, they have somebody famous come to town and do a do an art show. I would come in and light it perfectly so that everything, the people would walk in, they go, whoa, wow, you know, they just appreciate the art more than anything. But, but at that time, I started taking lights down, putting lights back up. So I started getting more involved with electrical again. But I was playing with a computer one day there, trying to get a, some order in for somebody or something. And the computer kept crashing. So I thought, well, uh, I realized that it was static electricity because every time I would touch the computer, it would get a glitch. And so I <clears throat> put a piece of copper tape across the desk where I was at because the computer didn't have a ground at that time. So I put a piece of copper tape across the front of my desk, connected it to a wire and connected it to the outlet ground. Then I would touch that before I would touch my computer. And it worked perfectly. <laughs> uh, this is back in 98, 99. So a lot of people don't remember the computers didn't work very well back then. So you were grounding yourself and then touching the computer. And yeah, I would just touch the, just touch the copper to discharge myself. Gotcha. It's kind of like static electricity, like electrostatic discharge from in the ESD industry. It's like if you're working on software and chips or anything electronic, you always have to ground yourself before you touch a chip. Otherwise you'll, the spark will burn the, you know, the chip, destroy it. So <clears throat> anyhow, I uh, uh, started playing around with it and fixed it, did what I was doing. I went outdoors afterwards and I sat down on a bench and up pulls this big old tour bus. And there was a Japanese, I believe they were a Japanese tour group. And they were a little shorter in stature and, but they all had these white tennis shoes on. And I looked at it and intuitively I asked, I said, I wonder if there's any consequence to humans no longer being naturally grounded because when I was a kid, we were always barefoot or we wore a leather sole shoe. And if you wore a leather sole shoe and it rained, I remember taking them off and carrying them home around time, carry them home around your shoulders uh, from school or, uh, so anyhow, but, <clears throat> and I didn't know at the time, but it was 1960 that we invented the plastics, the rubber sole athletic shoe. And I didn't have, I had no idea. I just knew that, well, it's kind of interesting because 
the human body is conductive. I knew that because you had to protect yourself when you're doing certain things. And I don't know why I even asked the question, but that night I went home and I took some electrical meters that I had started major, measuring the uh, electrical noise in the environment and the difference in potential between my body and the earth when I'm not grandstanded on the earth. And I was, I was astounded to find that there were these huge uh, charges and static charges on the body and um, when, I, when I wasn't grounded. And so and then I went into my bedroom and that's where I found the highest amount of electrical noise, EMI, electromagnetic uh, interference. I mean, that would be like uh, EMFs and those kind of things. And <clears throat> Do you know where they were coming from? Yeah, they're coming from the lamps, the lamp cords, any cord, any electrical cord in your home that is plugged in, even though the light may be turned off at the light bulb, but that cord and that everything in, radiates a, in a 60 hertz electric field in the United States. More importantly, the wiring in the walls behind your, at the head of your, you know, when, you, when they built your home, you know, an electrician comes by waist high and drills the holes waist high. And then they run the wires back and forth to the outlets and up and down to the switches and the lamps. So then you bring your bed and put the wall board up. You bring your bed and put it up against the wall and, and you put your pillow down. And so now you're sleeping with your head within six inches of a bundle of Romax in the wall because it's waist high to the electrician. And um, so I, I, I learned all these things, but I didn't really understand all of it, but I knew that when I was grounded and I knew in the, cable industry and the communications industry that in order to prevent noise and static and whatever we ground. And so I went and bought some two, uh, two or three inch wide metal duct tape, aluminum duct tape at a hardware store. I took it home and I laid it across my bed and just pushed it down. And then I connected an alligator clip to it, threw a wire out the window connected to the alligator clip and connected it to a little ground rod outside the window. And then I had a second one for the electric, for the electric meter so that when I could touch the wire, then I knew that I was grounded. So anyhow, I laid down on the, on the wire and sure enough, I lay there and, and my body voltage, everything went to zero. So I was grounded. And the thing that was, that was just to play with it to see what was going on. But that night, I mean, within a few minutes, I, I had fallen asleep. It was probably around eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. And I woke up in the morning and the meter was by my side. And the thing that was stunning to me was at that time I was 50 years old, something like that, 50, I don't know, 53 and um, 52, I don't know. Anyhow, the, uh, at that time, you know, I was, I was a cowboy. I was skied most of my life. I played tennis. I've done everything you can think of. I have blown out knees, back surgery, ankles. I've had everything and I had aches and pains. I remember walking outdoors one day and saying, God, why did you make my body with so much pain in it? <laughs> it was about the time I learned all of this. <laughs> uh, it had nothing to do with it, it was just me. <laughs> but, but anyhow, I, um, I woke up that morning and that meter was in and I said, there's something going on here because Normally, to go to sleep, I had to take Advil or some kind of a pain thing. And um, so I 
started playing with it. And I started in Sedona where I was at the time, there's not a lot of people. So, but I had a couple of friends and I, or after I played with a couple of nights, I asked one of them, I said, you know, you, you need to try this because he had sleep issues. And so I went over and I grounded his bed and then we ended up grounding another guy. And the other gentleman was, um, he had flaring arthritis in the wrist. And a couple of days later, he came over and he says, do you think this could have anything to do with uh, helping my arthritis? And I said, I don't think so. I think it just helps with sleep because that's all I could figure. <laughs> I didn't know anything. And so <clears throat> sure enough, his pain got, then I realized that my pain that I normally had at night had slowly diminished and disappeared. This is chronic pain. I mean, this is pain. <laughs> That you've had for many years and all of a sudden it's going away over the period of what we're talking days weeks no these are days, days. These are days. then so uh, so anyhow I, I spend a little time then trying to figure out you know grounding i went and started looking in the literature and see if there was any information whatsoever about grounding humans and the only thing i could find at that time is if they're going to open you up you know, surgery, major surgery. They have to ground you in order to prevent static sparks or any uh, static getting leaking into the body and creating a, a cardio event. And, uh, but that's all anybody knew. And, and, uh, and then other than in the ESD industry, the electrostatic discharge industry, if they're manufacturing chips or software, all the employees have to be grounded so that when they touch something, they don't set up a spark. Gasoline, dynamite industry, the same thing. But as far as making pain go away, there was nothing whatsoever in the literature, nothing. And I kept working on this, and I, I, one day I realized in talking to these other, I said, this is very real. It's the same for all of us. And all we're doing is sleeping on this tape. <laughs> and um, so I couldn't find what I wanted, so I thought, well, I. I'll go out to UCLA, out in California, because that's one of your bigger universities. I think that's the biggest medical university. No, that was Irvine. But anyhow, so I went out there and started talking to them. And first of all, they thought I, they told me, I said, you know, they, you expect us that somebody's going to drive a nail in the ground and tie a wire around somebody's toe and they're going to sleep better? <laughs> and they said, get out of here. You're nuts. <laughs> But anyhow, we all became kind of friends afterwards, but, but I didn't understand anything about biology and much, much to my surprise, doctors and medical people and researchers understand very little about electrical and especially the environment. They know nothing about the electrical environment. So anyhow, <clears throat> I had to end up doing my own study. A couple of, of the students there at UCLA gave me a little bit of guidance and told me how to set it up, how to organize it, how to write the papers up and everything. And then we hired a nurse to help us. And so I went out and I made some one, one foot wide by two feet long felt pads and I put some conductive uh, fabrics on top of them. And then so with a test, people were gonna sleep on that for a month. And it was under the sheet, um, it connected to a wire, outdoors and um and 30 there were 60 people 30 of them were um grounded and 30 of them were placebo effect the controls 
And then as we got everything organized, then we had all the pads made up, everything. Then we had found that went out and tried to get subjects. I went to the rheumatologist and the doctors first. They said, get out of here. We're not going to give you any of our customers. <laughs> and so I had to end up going out and finding my own subjects. And one day I was at a beauty salon getting a haircut. And uh, I heard one of the ladies talking about sleep or pain or something. And afterwards, I went up to the owner and after I got my haircut and I said, you know, I'm getting ready to do a study and I need about 60 people who have who have pain and sleep problems. And she says, honey, I can get you all of them you want. <laughs> and so I ended up getting a bunch from her and then I went to a couple other beauty salons and picked up the rest. And so we ended up pulling together 60 subjects. And the thing that was most interesting, and this is the probably the most important part of my whole little discovery, was <clears throat> in doing that first study, and this was just an anecdotal study because what everybody told me is, is you have to have more information. You know, you have to have a wider group of people than you three guys. <laughs> and you need to have, give us more information so we have something more to go on. And so it was an anecdotal study to ask about sleep and pain. About, uh, and there's about 10 or 12 questions. And it was very simple, but it was all geared to um, energy and, you know, those kind of things. But <clears throat> so anyhow... I went out, I mean, they would, they took all 60 of the pads and they had them in a glass bowl or whatever. And then they would assign them one at a time. And then I would go out and install them. I was the only one that knew whether it was a good pad, a working pad or a non-working pad. So I would take them out and set them up, install them. And then the nurse afterwards would go out and take care of everything else. So I went to one house on one day. There's, I had usually the two a day. I went to one house in the morning and it was an older gentleman, about 80 years old. And he had cardiovascular issues. I mean, he had diabetes. He had everything wrong with him you could think. And, um, but I went in to ground his bed, set everything up. And, and I always measured the, uh, the environmental electric fields or you know, a bit of the static and stuff in the, in the bed. But anyhow, I, so I went into his bedroom and here's his bed up against the wall. It's an adobe home. There's no electrical on the exterior walls where his bed is. The only lamp is across the, across the uh, room. So there's no electric fields. There's no static electricity. This is a brick floor home with you know, mud walls. And it was a very nice one. I mean, it was probably a million dollar home. But anyhow, so I got him all set up, got it grounded. And when I majored him, I said, you know, this is tragic because I'm giving this guy a, a, a working mat, but he doesn't have any electric fields, so I'm not going to get any results from this guy. And then that afternoon, went over across town in Ventura, California, and <clears throat> grounded a lady who was probably in her 80s, and she had uh, flaring arthritis in both wrists. She was sitting there in a rocking chair and I think she was on pain pills but anyhow she was not in very good shape so but her son was there and he uh, I was talking to him more than her and so I, we took her we went into the bedroom fixed up the bed so that it was grounded brought her in and she couldn't hold the meter like I would normally so I could test the voltage and stuff so I put an electrode patch on her hand 
and on one hand connected it to the ground, another one connected to the meter so I knew when she was grounded. Now I disconnect the one going to the ground and so I know what the voltage was in her, so I can measure the voltage on her body. And in the process, I was talking to her son and all of a sudden she said, well, you know, this one's working really well, but this one over here is not working. And I said, I don't, you know, I'm not sure it's not meant to work yet. <laughs> but anyhow, what she was saying, the one that was connected to the ground was working, reducing the, her arthritic pain. And this was like less than five minutes. Well, that's crazy. And, and, and so I switched them around. So this one is connected to the earth and sure enough, same thing. But what was interesting was the electric fields in her home. She had metal lamps. She had more electrical stuff around her bed than anybody I had ever seen. And she had the highest level of uh, electromagnetic fields, uh, electric fields that I had seen probably ever. And <clears throat> I thought, well, we're going to get really good results out of this lady. And so I went home, went on about my business. And I did learn at that time that by putting a patch on the hand, if you have arthritis, the pain goes away in five minutes. And 20 years later, it happens every single time with every single person. Oh, wow. And um, <clears throat> so, so we had that going. So then about a month or so later, when they started collecting the data from these subjects, I remember uh, looking at the names of them because I couldn't forget them. And <clears throat> uh, I looked at them and his results and her results were identical. They slept better. They had uh, significantly improved sleep significant reductions in pain and a host of other small things. And I said, well, this doesn't make any sense because she had the worst electric fields I've ever seen and this fella had none. So I said to myself, there's something wrong. So I went and tested everything because we had all the pads from the, the, the returns and everything. Sure enough, I mean, the pad, there's no way. I mean, everything was working perfectly. And uh, so, and that night I went home and I said, well, there's something else going on here. It's not just these environmental electric fields that are causing these problems. Although you would think so because every home is saturated with electric fields. I mean, and their bedrooms are the worst and computers and cell phones and you name it. Everybody, if, if electric fields really were the problem, we would all be dead by now. But anyhow, I didn't know this at the time. So anyhow, what I learned was that just connecting to the earth alone is what produced the sleep benefits and the health benefits and reduced the pain uh, and the arthritic flares and those kind of things. And <clears throat> so that led us to, um, you know, led me to doing a lot of research. And then I recognized that it's just the earth alone. So I started studying the earth, which I knew what ground was. I knew it had a negative charge, but it's all I, nobody ever gave it any thought. But a negative charge, uh, uh, negative means, the word negative means no charge, let's say, for simplicity. But it has an abundance of free electrons that can quickly move and reduce charge. It's like lightning. You know, here's a flash of lightning. Those are electrons from the earth going up and reducing uh, a positive charge in the clouds. And so it's kind of like we have a positive charge in the body when we ground it just at speed of light it reduces um that inflammatory charge i mean yeah, it's it, electric. i think people 
don't realize we're, we're essentially like a, a walking around battery. I guess we're always making, converting electrical energy to mechanical energy. Yes. On, on yes. some level. And what, yeah. what, so the earth is always negatively charged. That comes, is that just primarily from lightning hitting it? And that's, is that where it gets its negative charge? Well, it's, it's, you know, photons, electrons coming from the sun constantly. Gotcha. It's like, um, it's like, you know, if you think about sunlight, for instance, I mean, most people think, you know, heat comes from the sun. There's no heat coming from the sun. The only thing that's coming from the sun is radiations, you know, electrons and photons. And what they do when they hit the body, you know, they uh, excite the electrons in the body and create heat or anything else. And so anyhow, part of it is coming from the, you know, it's the photons, electrons coming from the sun. Then when they hit the earth and the, a lot of them are absorbed by the earth, they, that's what warms the earth. I mean, that's what excites the electrons on the earth and creates heat and creates warmth. So the earth and, always has this abundance of negative charge, basically endless supply of electrons. Yes, as long as there's sunlight. <laughs> as long as there's, okay. Okay, now we do get, um, we have a, what they call the global atmospheric, the, you know, the global electrical circuit which is electrons evaporate, you know, uh, evaporation, you know, about noon or before noon to about two o'clock. Then condit, I mean, then uh, in the afternoon, uh, after two o'clock, it starts cooling down a little bit. So then we have um, condensation. I mean, you know, so then you have the clouds build up. Right. And in the process, you, you have an imbalance. The, the free electrons in the clouds are pushed to the top and the, and the positive electrons are at the bottom. So then the earth is negative. So if there's enough, once there's enough charge, then there's a welling up of electrons on the earth. And then there's enough to equalize the amount of opposite. You need an opposite amount of equal charge, equal amount of opposite charge in order to reduce a, a positive charge in the, in the cloud. So <clears throat> anyhow, it's, yeah, it's automatic, it's nature, but the earth is negative about 20 millivolts, let's say, could be 50 to, depending on where you're at and what you're doing. But that's not very much, but it's just enough that you can make one statement. And there's, it's the same one in the communications, the electrical industry. Why, why do we ground things to earth? Everybody thinks it's primarily electrons going to the earth, electricity going to the earth. It's not, They're, the, uh, the electrons that make up the copper in your home are the same are the same electrons that were on your copper the day they put it in. Those electrons don't go anywhere. All that happens is they become excited 60 times a second, they go up and down. And that's what lights the light bulb or creates the energy that makes the motor turn. So, <clears throat> but anyhow. Um, so how do those electrons, how do we, so a little context here. So we evolve whatever in contact with the earth uh -huh. for, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of years we have this constant connection all the other plants and animals always have this constant connection and then at some point over the last uh century or so we we found a way to disconnect through both artificial like our artificial environments our, our dwellings our houses our buildings yeah. and yeah. the things that we put on our feet yes. so like even standing on the ground outside, if you have a shoe that is not conductive, that's enough to break that chain where we're no longer receiving the 
the balance of energy, the, the negative charged yep. electrons from the earth? Yes. Think like a copper wire with a jacket around it, like a light, you know, the lamp cord, an electrical cord. Mm -hmm. It's got a little jacket around it, the copper. And it's enough it to keep it from shocking you. Yeah, it's the same thing. Rubber yeah. sole shoe is like putting on a, um, you know, a rubber jacket. So from, uh, uh, this is, it's fascinating how you kind of stumbled into the discovery. Um, yeah. The science a little bit from a health perspective. Um, I guess, um, I don't know, maybe a health nut or something. I'm always like curious, how could we improve the way we use the minutes of our day to design a healthier lifestyle, essentially? Right. And, and then I like to share that information with others so we can all benefit. Right. And I know that grounding has a big impact on me. Our, you know, we're in like the meditation field, which that word is thrown around a lot in meditation as right. a sense of energetically, almost spiritually, like, getting settled and down to earth and getting connected and rooted in. But this is a more mechanical or electrical thing at play where we're really relying on this electrical source that's around the clock. Like from what I understand, when we take like an antioxidant, whether it be a, a blueberry or vitamin C or yes. essentially the way that works is eventually it donates an electron, which satisfies a unpaired electron within a free radical that's created by whatever oxidative damage or whatever stress we've been exposed to, right. whether it's endogenous created from within or in, imposed stress through trauma or injury or tissue damage. Uh, yep. So, but those like run out, like if you eat blueberries it's a limited supply and every from what i understand and correct me if i'm wrong if you know when you when an antioxidant like donates an electron it creates another empty electron that has this yeah i guess ferocious just, appetite to react with something yeah it's all kind of backwards the way it's been taught and uh, it's unfortunate but um but the earth is basically a giant antioxidant that, that's, so that's what it is basically the earth is negative 20 millivolts, let's say. So when your body, when you put your bare feet on the earth, then your body within a, a very, very short period of time, you become 20 millivolts negative. So the reason we ground everything in the electrical and communications industry, ground it meaning maintain a negative charge on it, is to prevent fire and inflame or less, you know. But in the human body, when you're grounded, your body is negative 20 millivolts. You cannot have inflammation when you are grounded. It's not possible. Now, most people will say, well, I got grounded and I still have inflammation. Well, I'm saying if you get grounded and stay grounded 24 seven, you can't have inflammation. And to put in many, here's a metaphor, I mean, metaphorically, like the animals who live in the wild, they don't have cancer. The cancer doesn't exist in the wild community. They don't have cardiovascular disease, plaque on their teeth. They don't have any of these modern uh, lifestyle health disorders. So, um, <clears throat> so anyhow, and, and further, what we did over the last 20 years, and we have like 24, 25 studies now, but primarily is we took people who had inflammation, we would ground them, and you could see the inflammation disappear with um, uh, thermal imaging. And you can see it when we, we've done studies where you, you know, you draw the blood and you look at all of the uh, the biomarkers and uh, 
But, but anyhow, so the, the point is, first of all, you have to understand where inflammation comes from. And a lot of people say, well, it's from antioxidants, and they're correct, but it's not the antioxidants they think it is. Uh, they think that they ate something, and that's part of the, that can create chaos in the body and so on. But let's say that you have an injury, or you have a damaged cell, or you breathe a pathogen in, which you do constantly, chronically, and or you're exercising and you're, you know, you're whacking cells. And so anyhow, every time there's a damaged cell or a pathogen in the body, um, the immune system will send a, a white blood cell, a neutrophil, microphage, something over, and it'll swim over and it will encapsulate that damaged cell or the pathogen and destroy it. It'll, it'll destroy it by releasing reactive oxygen species that rip, the, and the word reactive means they're short of an electron. And so they'll rip electrons from the cell, the damaged cell or the pathogen and destroy it. That's how the immune system works. The problem is when you put rubber sole shoes on and you deplete your normal electron stores, your ground, your 20 millivolts of charge, of negative charge that you normally have in the body. So if you don't have enough free electrons to reduce those, any residual reactive oxygen species from that oxidative burst, then within three or four nanoseconds, they're gonna steal an electron from the closest thing available. And that generally is another cell. So it's like a chain reaction that's created. So then the immune system, if that cell screams out to the immune system, hey, something's still here, getting me, sends another neutrophil, does the same thing. So now we have the continued collateral damage, continual chain reaction. And that's where you get the word inflammation, inflame. The body is on fire. It's burning just like fire is burning a log. And that's why they use the word infl inflammation is before 19, before 203, 204, the word inflammation wasn't even used in the modern medical language. It was Ritker and the voice from Boston, Mass, that came out and said, you know, hey, you don't have all these health disorders. What you have is chronic inflammation. And it manifests differently in each of us. You know, some people will uh, have cardiovascular, some people will develop cancer, some people MS, lupus, or whatever it is. But, but you really don't have any, I mean, it's, you didn't contract that health disorder, that disease, what you did is you had enough systemic chronic inflammation for a, a period uh, that you know, stressed the body to the point that based on your lifestyle and your uh, environment, that it compromised the immune system to the point that it couldn't maintain health. And so, these other, so these health disorders manifest as a result of, of the immune system being uh, uh, suppressed. For instance, when the immune system, if you have any aches or pains whatsoever in your body, I don't care who you are, old or young, doesn't matter, just had surgery, doesn't matter what it is, you just broke a leg, whatever. If you have pain in your body, then basically what you have is you have, if you can feel it, you have inflammation because you can't have pain unless you have inflammation. So, we know that when you ground somebody after they've had an injury, that the pain will stop rather quickly. If they have arthritis, put a patch on them, ground them to the earth. It's like pouring water on a fire. It's like pouring electrons from the earth onto the oxidative uh, stress. And, and it stops it, it puts the fire out. But 
Um, but the point is, and, and by the way, me. you got the listeners, if you want to see some of these studies, we're going to link this in the show notes and you'll be able to see they did, what did you call it? Uh, thermo thermography studies yeah, where thermography. you could, you could visually see like before and after thermal imaging of, of people where it's like pre and post grounding where you see the inflammation change in what seems to be a relatively short period of time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a nice visual to be able to, to right. see inflammation by, through like color. Yeah, but, uh, but I think the most important thing, if there's a way to get this across, is inflammation in the body, the real, uh, the heart, I mean, the, when your immune system is busy fighting inflammation that it is creating. And, you know, when it's got a chronic feeding, a chronic inflammatory situation, what you've done is you've suppressed the immune system so the immune system can no longer do what it normally does. Because you can't have hardly any of these modern health disorders if your immune system is 100%. So the only real disease we have today is immune deficiency, or I mean, or immune... Um, Dysfunction. Yeah, immune, immune, uh, compromised immune system. So our, what in our, so if you have pain, you have inflammation, you have all these things, then what are you doing in your life that's causing this? What is interfering with your immune system's ability to maintain your health? Now, it and, can be, surely be not eating properly or doing lots of things. Right. I'm not saying that this is the only thing, but, but what, it, what, the most important thing is, is your immune system. So anything, by grounding your immune system, you're putting the fire out, and so the immune system can go back to normal, to functioning normally. When it's grounded, it doesn't have to worry about not having enough antioxidants because there's an endless supply. Endless supply. When you're connected to the earth, there's an endless supply. Of I guess that's the difference, that, that abundance of supply that's, that's yeah. always there to, to stop the the loop from, from continuing to, to keep acute inflammation from dragging on to chronic inflammation, I yeah. guess. Yes. Yeah. The main thing it's about acute inflammation. If you don't, it's like, for instance, if you, you know, have an injury and you get that hot burning pain, if you ground it, all of a sudden that hot burning or what we call Vicodin pain, that doesn't exist for more than a couple of minutes. Then all you have left is that nice, it's not nice. I mean, it's comparatively speaking, it's nice. <laughs> there's some tissue to clean up and heal. Yeah, but there's a there's another set of pain there that says, "Don't bother me, leave me alone, protect me." All right. But it's not that hot burning, flaring, uh, Vicodin type pain. Gotcha. So you don't need pain pills if you have if you can find a way to get grounded. So and let's talk about that. So I guess in in ideally you you're outside and you're barefoot all day, and that's unrealistic for most unrealistic. people yeah. so when you have an opportunity and i try to make it a point uh, multiple times a day to go outside and ground and, and i'll tell the audience what i personally notice from just the act of grounding i, I describe it as it's like the nervous system sighing it's in a very in a couple minutes it's as if there's just this like settling down like a calming on a yes. neurological level and it yeah. feels very positive right. and um, and I love it. I mean, I, I crave, I noticed that the more I do it, I've been doing it for a few years now, like I crave it. Yeah. And 
Um, the way I was actually introduced to you, I heard you, I think it was on the Ben Greenfield podcast a few years back. And I went and I, I watched all the movies that you were involved with. And I encouraged the audience, we'll link to all these movies, a movie called Earthing, his book, uh, the movie called The Grounded. There's some shorter clips. We'll have all the links easily available. They are really worth checking out. It's, there's yep. some awesome success stories in there and they're very authentic, real people. And it's, it's, I find it captivating and inspiring. And I know that when I do it myself, it's, it's, it feels like real medicine, like legit old school medicine that helps you live better. And I really appreciate it. But I guess the challenge is because of the artificial environments and lifestyle that our culture is put into, you can't be grounded all the time. And what I, what I love about what you've done, I guess you're involved with a company that allowed people to bring grounded into their home mm -hmm. in a way that we could apply it to our lifestyle yeah. without a lot of like, without throwing wires or without getting involved with wires and long metal rods. But, right. um, and I guess the, the place to really take advantage of most is when you're sleeping. I guess when you're sleeping is where you have all these restorative processes going on in the body. Yeah. And even though we might not feel like we're really active, there's a lot of activity going on. There's a yes. lot of repair and regeneration and healing going on. And we don't want to have a lot of disturbance. And we can't really take ourselves. Some of us can, but it's you can't go just live out in a tent, you know, when you have a job and kids. Like, you can't remove yourself from the environment. So allowing, I guess you'd call it a hack or a technology that allows you to to account for that environment is 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 really useful and i'm really grateful that you put together these products when after i listened to you i went and got the sleep mat and for the listeners it's really simple it's like a a mat that you that's made of conductive material it's it feels really nice it's a really nice quality and you put it under your sheet above your mattress and yep. it comes with a cord and you plug it into the outlet and it comes with a little tester where you test your outlet first. I guess that's the check to make sure the wiring in your house is legit and they didn't, the electricians when they built your house didn't botch anything. And it's just a quick check to say, okay, this outlet is, is clean. And it plugs into that, the little round hole at the bottom of the receptacle, yeah. which is a ground. And I talked to this to my son, my teenage son recently, and he didn't know either. I think most people don't really know how those things are made up. And if it feels good, like there is, the same kind of experience when I'm laying in bed that I get when I stand outside. You don't have the sun yeah. shining on you, but after a couple of minutes, I feel like it's just way easier to relax. Sleep yeah. is definitely improved. And now I got the pillow. And even right now, as I uh, host this podcast, my feet are on a, a mat on the floor. I got electronics all around me. And I, to protect yeah. myself, this really low-hanging fruit where we could just yeah. put a mat on the floor, put your feet on it plug it in and you and it's you don't have to think about it and you know right. you're tapping into this you know the the beauty and magnificence of, of of mother earth really and you know barring those uh priceless electrons it's it's yep. fascinating um so first i want to thank you for what it's done for me because it's definitely helped me on my own healing journey and i've been sharing it with my clients over the years um, you know, some of them are, it's not the easiest sell for some people, but as you explain the science, people are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And when you put it in perspective from like an evolutionary standpoint, where we've kind of come from, 
it's a lot easier to to wrap your head around and see how you know we i think everybody has an innate appreciation for like the perfectness of earth as it is and the beauty that's in there you know, i can i can share if we've got time i can share a little story with you that again it goes starts at the pasture <laughs> sure all the, all the all the time you want well, you know, when you're when you're out playing with cows or babysitting cows you have a lot of time not much to do so but anyhow during the day one year we had uh, a, a kind of an infestation of jackrabbits and so they were everywhere you went there was jackrabbits but what's funny is you start watching the jackrabbit normally they're just sitting there eating grass like there's nothing going on all they do all day long is eat grass but coyotes eat rabbits and so there's always a in the pasture, there's always this game going on. This coyotes are sneaking up on a rabbit. And as soon as the rabbit sees the coyote or senses the coyote, his ears perk up. And then he's, the coyote lunches and the rabbit springs in the air. And then he starts running zigzag back and forth across the pasture. And 90% of the time or more, the coyote will be running along. Then all of a sudden he will just drop. And the rabbit will run just a little bit further and then he will stop and he'll sit there. So what happened was the coyote ran out of energy and the rabbit still wants to keep an eye on the coyote. So he's not going to go any further than just so he can still see him because it's wide open pasture. And um, <clears throat> so anyhow, the, the uh, rabbit will sit there and you can actually see it. It's visceral. I mean, this rabbit is shaking like, you know, he's just had his life threatened. And then all of a sudden he'll have this, big shake like that, then he'll go back to eating grass like nothing ever happened. Right. And <clears throat> so anyhow, I remember reading uh, a book back, I think by Packer up at uh, Berkeley, uh, I think it was Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Mm -hmm. I kind of put it together eventually with grounding, but these animals are grounded out. I mean, after the chase, I mean, they've been flooded with cortisol, flooded with inflammation and all kinds of, you know, uh, um, stress on the body but then they sit there to the ground and then all of a sudden the ground just uh, neutralizes all of that they calm down and then they go back to eating grass like normal so i relate that to a lot of the women that i work with which are primarily lupus ms and things like that and i you know i ask them you know i mean you know like when you have ms you know when did this when did this develop and you weren't born with it. I mean, you didn't catch it. I mean, it was, you know, what happened? And very, most of them in the beginning, they say they don't know what happened. And then after a little while, they'll tell you that, oh, well, that was the year that I lost my husband or I lost my son or I lost my job or in 208, I lost my house. Or, there's always a huge loss. Always stressful. And, and anyhow, they go into a fight or flight state as a result, kind of like the rabbit mm -hmm. as, as a result of that. And then eventually, um, that cortisol creates inflammation, the inflammation creates pain and stress, and that creates more cortisol. So it's a vicious cycle. And that's what creates a lot of the stress that's in these, in their bodies that causes the lupus and MS to manifest. But, but anyhow, but the point of all of this kind of little conversation is you, women, 99% uh, of, the, <laughs> of the earthing products that we sold millions of are sold to women. And they're usually to uh, women 35 to 55 and they're buying them for themselves. But the first thing they do is give it to their mother because she needs it worse. And then they buy one for her sister and whatever. And then they buy more for themselves and it keeps going. 
but it's this one caregiver type person. But, but anyhow, so I speak mostly to women. And, but anyhow, so a woman gets up in the morning and she gets up and standing on a carpet, static electricity. And then she runs to the kitchen, taking care of the kids or the family or the husband, getting them off to school, doing all this stuff. And so everything's kind of a fire drill half the time in the morning. <laughs> and um, then everybody leaves and she gets to drink a cup of coffee. Then it's time that she has to go to work or whatever. The phone rings or uh, she goes to the mailbox. So anyhow, all of these things are coyotes. She's got a hundred coyotes all day long attacking her. And she, her cortisol, her fight or flight goes off. You know, every time, every time you have a fight or flight response, your cortisol goes off and your, your parasympathetic is recognizing the threat. Your para, I mean, your sympathetic and your parasympathetic is over here trying to modulate that and to allow you to cope with it and quiet you down enough that you can deal with it uh, before you run or fight. And so what happens is the, uh, <clears throat> they don't ground any of this out. They don't ground out like the rabbit. So they end up living in a chronically elevated sympathetic state. Their adrenals become exhausted because the adrenals are based on hormones and it's a limited supply. And so that's why people you know, have adrenal fatigue, all those kind of things. And so it's basically, it's this, so the point of this is if you can't do anything else, at least once or twice or three times a day, go out and kick your shoes off, stand on the sidewalk if you have to, or sit in the backyard on a chair, put your feet on the patio or on the, on the grass, or go for a walk in the park barefoot. But you've got to ground out this stress, this cortisol, this fight or flight and calm down the sympathetic because what happens and you mentioned it as soon as you get grounded what happens the skin resistance drops and so you can actually see all this on charts but anyhow so the the body discharges just like that rabbit it just discharges and then you know your respiration changes your blood viscosity changes everything changes and then you can breathe. And then the main thing I try to tell all of them, I said, no matter how mad you are, no matter how much anger you have in your life or whatever happened and so on, you can't be angry. You can't be mad. You can't be, you can't be mad at anybody when you've got to, when you're standing barefoot in the grass, it just won't, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. It just, it feels good. Yeah. So it's like meditation. I mean, even when you meditate, it's hard to meditate when, when you, when your body's full of uh, cortisol. But if you can ground it out, meditation is so much easier and so much more powerful or however, whatever words. It's, it's allowed to take place. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Allow it to take place. That's so, great. Yeah. Anyhow, it's fun. I mean, I, I love to share this mostly because it is free. Um, you can go do it. Anybody can do it anytime, anywhere, generally. The best and medicine it, always seems to be free. How, how, so what is your practice like? What's a, a sample of how you take advantage of, of the concept of grounding? I mean, are you like living in the backyard barefoot all day or? No, I have an office uh, in the home and um, it's got that saltillo tile, uh, Mexican tile type flooring. It's conductive. So I'm barefoot all the time. Um, so if a house is built, if you don't have, let's say a basement, you can have a grounding, like are some materials that are used for floors or patios, are those conductive? Like 
or do you you don't have to go out on the grass per se? Yeah, no. If you have if you have a concrete slab floor home, then if you put down a stone type uh, tile or material uh, and use stone grout, that's just like standing on the earth. Oh, great! That's good to know. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm grounded pretty much. I'm grounded probably ninety percent of the time, maybe ninety five. But I sleep on I sleep grounded. I have for twenty years. And, and I'm so thankful because I don't have that pain. That's I mean, amazing. I, and you're 75, you said? I'll be 76 in, in uh, three weeks. Yeah, there's probably not a lot of people 76 years old that say they have no pain. You're doing no, something right, man. No, I have no pain. I walk barefoot uh, or with rounded flip-flop that I make myself. Uh, I can walk no less than 5,000, 10,000 steps a day could walk five miles if I, you know, on some days. And I do a, a little bit of hiking up in the hills out here. But I'm, I have the energy, I can do it. That's great. I, you know, and so it's all about energy. It's about ATP. When you're grounded, I mean, your body becomes more negatively charged. You have an abundance of electrons. And so it's easy, you know, the body can create. And, and, I mean, it's just- So it's for energy. those listening that don't know what uh, Clint just referred to, ATP, uh, if I get this right, it's adenosine triphosphate, yeah. um, which is a molecule which is essentially, I guess, referred to as the, the energy currency of, of yes. our biology. It's how we make energy within the mitochondria, within the cell, and it requires electrons. Yeah. Um, and, elect, you know, to have a steady supply, there's something to be said for it. And we... We have evolved to be in contact with that steady supply. Yes. And any time you really disrupt something that has naturally occurred over a long period of time, there's usually some price to pay for that disconnection. So this is a, a great opportunity to kind of reconnect. And, and just the act of physically connecting with Earth also gives you an opportunity to kind of deepen your practice spiritually and build a stronger like holistic connection with the earth, which innately, I think we all just as animals and plants have in us already, whether we're awake to it, whether we practice, but it's in there. And that connection is waiting for you for whenever you choose to go out and practice. And if you've ever taken a long walk in the woods or, you know, any kind of like special place outside, whether it's being at the ocean or in the mountains, there's a sense that humans feel that might be, you know, you need a poet to describe, but we all know it. Like we all know it's right and it's, yep. and it's meaningful and it's every, important. Every living thing has an electric field. Every animal, every plant, every critter, uh, any, anything living on this earth has an electric field. Yeah. We have an electric field. So when you connect to the earth, I mean, you are electrically connected with all other living things on the earth, and there's a rhythm and a harmony and a sacredness that comes over you that uh, it's, it's, it's personal uh, to a lot of people, but it's, um, it's like the earth is also has resonating electric, I mean, it's its own resonating electric field based on the corn spinning in space and all these things. And, and we know that a lot of the hormone cascades are tied to uh, certain time time cycles during sleep that are cued to 
the frequencies of the earth. So anyway, when you get connected to the earth, then your body, you begin singing or with the earth. You, it's like a, a Deepak uh, does a good job of explaining it in the movie. Uh, it's like a symphony. And when you're connected to the earth and everything in your body, we dance, we're all dancing with it. And it makes for harmony and rhythms and um, health and all these things. And, but mainly, I think, it just gets rid of the anger and the aloneness, the loss of connectedness. When you are grounded, you are connected to every living thing and every other grounded person on the planet. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Clint, I, I want to respect your time. And I want to thank you again for allowing us to reach out to you and being open to have this conversation. And I, I'm honored to like be a conduit for your message and to well, spread great. it. I think it's one of the most important messages out there. Uh, I, you know, we are connected. I think a lot of the issues that we find in lives is, is born out of really an illusion that we're not connected, whether yeah. it's to each other or to the planet. And well, we're all one. <laughs> we're all one universe is one, one song. You know, we're all one song being sung yeah. and we all can play a, a role in it. And this is a, a great entry point to play a bigger role yeah. in, in your own dance through this life and in your own connections with your environment and really to learn more about yourself along the way. Um, just, think, it, just think better connection, better reception. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience if they wanted to reach out to you or? No, it's, uh, it's like, um, you know, I post everything on Facebook on all the people that talk about everything and whatever, the earthinginstitute.net. If you have any questions, okay. you can go there and find out anything you want ask any question. Somebody will follow up with you and give you as much information as we have. Great. And we'll provide all the links necessary in the show notes for you listeners so that you could connect if you'd like. And if you want to try out any of the really amazing products that are really well-priced and uh, really easy to hook up. We'll make that easy for you. I highly recommend it. It's cool. And if you're not ready to take that deeper dive, then just start practicing going outside, get those feet on the ground, and then let the community know what you notice. And we could all learn from each other. Yeah, these, these handful of products that we have are really, they were all accidental because we needed to design ground planes in order to do our studies. Oh, okay. And then everybody wanted them. So I, I try to tell everybody, you can have them in any color you want, as long as they're black. <laughs> it's kind of like the Model T Ford. Uh, Model yeah, yeah. T Ford. These are very early. Uh, but the future, uh, these are uh, mechanisms for uh, people to learn and experience grounding. And because the future, we have to rethink how we build our homes. Right. Uh, if ground is part of our is what maintains our immune system stable, then we have to build ground into anything, sit, sit sleep, or walk. Your, your chairs, your, uh, the fabrics, the, the mattresses, the beds. You know, we're sleeping on foam mattresses. That, all that does is create static electricity all night. You know, but you, we've got to ground everything in order to maintain our immune system so that the business of the future of the next 40 years uh, are going to be of younger people. <laughs> Well, just latching on, latching on to this and saying, oh my goodness, people need this, people need that. And then they all go, and these are, grounding is kind of a value added. If you're going to make a couch, then use some conductive fabrics. They're beautiful. Uh, but, but you don't, I mean, 
you just have to add value to what already exists and everything has to be replaced anyway uh, you know, over periods of time. Right. Every, every mattress on the planet is replaced every eight years. So, By so. the way, I'd like to, if, if it's okay, I'd like to just share a quick personal experience, sure. which actually um, led to this interview. So I, I've been using a grounding mat on the bed for a while now. And recently, a couple of weeks ago, I had a building hygienist come out to the house. And it was a follow-up to mold remediation that I had a couple of years ago. There was like a warranty with the remediation. And it was coming up and I was, it was recommended to me to get an independent third party to come out and do a test on my house to make sure no mold had come back because yeah. I, I had dealt with some health issues from the mold. So the hygienist was at the house and turns out he was skilled in testing for like all different electro smog stuff. So uh, right. electromagnetic frequencies, microwaves, uh, mm -hmm. radio waves. I think those are the three that kind of collectively make up what they call electro smog and and he had all those meters and when we got to my bedroom i told him that i had one of these grounding mats and he, and he said do you want me to test you test if it's work so i've been using it for a while but i didn't have like uh you know scientific evidence that it was working so he had me hold one of those voltage meters and i think he said you're shooting for uh, 0 0.3 uh so I don't know, is that in milli, is that 30 millivolts? millivolts. Okay. And it was showing like 1.5. So it was, yeah. it was way high. And I'm just standing in the middle of my bedroom. And then I got on bed and this is like above the blanket, above the sheet, above the mat. And yeah. it dropped down to 0.2. Right. And so it was like, oh, that's cool. It was like evidence. And then I reached over and I unplugged the grounding mat and it shot up to five. Right. It was way high. Like being on my bed was the worst place to be if this thing wasn't plugged in. And then I, I freaked out, of course, and I went down the hall and had them test both my kids and they both tested high. So I, I called the company and said, I let them know about the test that I had just done and that it was pretty neat. And I want more mats. I want them for my kids. Like I couldn't sleep right. at night. I couldn't let my kids sleep at night knowing those numbers. So I yeah. went ahead and ordered those and I ordered the pillows too and I was actually surprised I was pleasantly surprised that adding the pillow made a difference from yeah. just the mat and I don't know if it's just more electrons or that they're directly coming into the head I know the brain is a very active area when you're sleeping and yeah. maybe that proximity to the location means something but 80% um, of the activity of your use of energy at night is brain is brain yeah it must have something to do with that because these last couple of weeks have been the best sleep I've had. Yeah. Uh, sleep has been troublesome for me for a while, for a few yeah. years now. And it's been the best sleep. And I'm, I'm really grateful for your work in, in allowing that to take place, that eventually it could come into my household and, and help yeah. me and my family. So I'm grateful for that. And well, uh, hearing, that is, hearing that is what gets me up every morning and keeps me going. You don't get tired of those stories, huh? <laughs> No, I, it's, 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 it's like I told people in the early days, I said, this is, this is more a humanitarian era, uh, effort because you got to take care of the younger generations and we have to educate the moms and help as much as we can. Uh, and this is free, free medicine. And it's not, the pads aren't, the, what, a pad isn't going to do anything for you except connect you to the earth. It's an extension cord. So it's the earth that produces these results. And these benefits. And that it's allows easy. your body to just 
do its yeah. own healing. Body already knows how to heal. Yeah. It's got to give it's it what, it, what it's meant to have. Yeah. Well, so anything I can do, if you ever have any questions or whatever, let me know. Thank you. I might take you up on that. Um, and maybe we'll have you back uh, again sometime. Again, okay. I thank you. And the audience out there, I really thank you for taking the time for listening. Yeah. Uh, if they get a chance, watch the movie because it tells a better story than I do. You got to watch the movie. It's so well done. And I really appreciate you having that resource for it. And we're going to make it real easy for all of our listeners to connect to that. Okay. Super. And, um, and I hope you have a terrific day, Clint. And hopefully we speak again sometime. Yeah, same to you. All right. Namaste. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that interview today. I sure did. I hope you got some value out of it. Uh, to me, grounding is really an integral part of my lifestyle, and I find it to be tremendously beneficial. And in an ideal world, you know, we're always in contact with the ground or for a large percentage of our life. And that's not realistic these days with just the artificial environments that we live in and all the man-made stuff that we deal with. And what's nice about the work that Clint has done, that there's this really beautiful company that's been born out of it. And it's called Ultimate Longevity. And they allow you to really take part in the benefits of grounding while you're inside. Uh, it's just unrealistic with our schedules to stay in contact with the ground outside. So they found a way to bring the ground inside, which, you know, some people would argue the most important time to focus on would be during sleep. And they have some outstanding products that are really reasonably priced and they put together a nice package for our listeners where you could get this stuff in your home and start reaping the benefits soon. So we're going to link in the description uh, how you could easily learn more about those products. And by the way, all the clinical research done that we've linked to on this topic was all done with indoor devices. So it wasn't really uh, feasible to control the studies, I guess, while being outside. So all of it is the same type of devices that this company offers that you could have in your own home. Uh, so the research is there. I do encourage you to check it out. Or if you just um, you know don't need any more evidence and want to go for it, then check out Ultimate Longevity and give their products a try and then share with the community what you notice that you know the benefits that you notice from those products. I personally um, I'm a big fan and I would recommend them and uh, I encourage you to check them out. If you uh, found value in this episode, please share it with someone else. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the, to the, um, to the podcast, then please do. And I hope you guys enjoy your day and I thank you again for your listening.